Aloha! You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 205. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly t-shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit tikibartshirtclub.com. This podcast is sponsored by Frogtown Brewery, an independent craft brewery and tap room located in Northeast Los Angeles. Stop in and enjoy one of their excellent beers from their ever-changing, diverse menu. For more information, go to frogtownbrewery.com and follow them on social media at Frogtown Brewery. Today, we chat with our friends Alex Lamb and Gustavo Rojas. You might know Alex as co-director of the upcoming documentary film, The Dawn of Tiki, a biographical story of the life of Don Beach, also known as Don the Beachcomber. And joining us is our friend Gustavo, partner of our favorite brewery in Los Angeles, Frogtown Brewery. On this episode, we chat about the origins of Frogtown Brewery, our recent Don the Beachcomber-inspired beer collaboration, how we approached and made the beer, and what's in store for the big release event when it's debuted to the beer and tiki community, including information on our tie-in with the Oceanic Arts Farewell Extravaganza. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. If you'd like to follow our adventures, check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash polynesianpop where we chronicle events, bars, travel spots, cocktail tutorials, and more. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming a patron at our new Patreon page, where membership grants you early access to podcasts and videos, front-of-the-line privileges to new merch releases like Tiki Mugs and Apparel, as well as exclusive content, meetups, and screen credits. Alrighty, let's get into this. Pour yourself an ice-cold beer and join us inside the Desert Oasis Room as we welcome Alex Lamb from the Dawn of Tiki and Gustavo Rojas from Frogtown Brewery. back with another episode of Inside the Desert Oasis Room, and we've got some special friends with us today on the podcast, people I'm making beer with. (laughs) (laughs) We've got Alex from the Dawn of Tiki, and we've got Gustavo from Frogtown Brewery. Hello, hello. Aloha, guys. Howdy. Thanks for joining the show. I'm excited about this new beer because we are doing something a little bit different here I'm going to make the claim. I'm going to own it <laughs> that this is this first. is the the first beer maybe with absinthe in it. Not absinthe, right? We can't say absinthe. It's anise. So we can't say artist absinthe. formerly known as absinthe. Yeah, <laughs> because it doesn't have absinthe the the spirit in it. Oh, gotcha. Right. Gotcha. So the, anise, 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 anise. Yep. which is a cousin of absinthe or a it's the the spice used to make the the spirit 
There you go. There you go. So we're going to talk about that beer here in a minute, but I think it would be interesting for some of our listeners who don't know. Let's number one, start with Frogtown Brewery. And maybe Gustavo could give us a little bit of the history of Frogtown, how it got started, where you guys are located, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we started uh, October 1st of 2016, and we are in the Frogtown neighborhood, or what the locals call Frogtown. It's uh, officially known as Elysian Valley, and we're, um, we're a little, the little brewery that could. So uh, we make some darn good craft beer, and uh, we've been fortunate enough to make friends in the industry and throughout uh, throughout California, and done a, quite a few collaborations now. and And the latest and greatest is with these two fine gentlemen and their respective groups to uh, put together. May I say it? Beachcombers Gold. There and we go. There it is. And there's the reveal. <laughs> dun, Beachcombers dun, dun. Gold. Yeah. <laughs> I always tell people the reason why that part of town is called Frogtown is because it's right by the L.A. River. And at one time, frogs used to come out of the river and blanket the streets, right? That's exactly right. Is yeah. that like a seasonal thing that they were doing that? It was a seasonal thing. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was winter for obvious reasons. And uh, yeah, the locals would just call it Frogtown because uh, they there's I've seen photos. Some of the old timers have brought in some photos from what I believe is probably the 50s and 60s and, and, and farther back from that. And uh, it was kind of a cool site by the thousands. Um, wow. And Sounds biblical. Totally. totally. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of a movie. Wasn't there a movie that were... Locusts. That were just yeah, like... Magnolia. Was it... Magnolia. Was it, Magnolia, wasn't it or something? What movie was frogs? that? It's probably a number of movies, right? Because I, I, like Locust sounds like it's a thing. I remember Spider something with like tarantulas like or something. Yeah, that tarantulas. Covered, probably arachnophobia. The streets. Yeah. I don't know if it was arachnophobia, but... <laughs> Something like that. You guys almost kind of, at least the impression I got, is you almost spearheaded the change of that area. We you were, were like one of the first ones Definitely one of the first, yeah. Um, there, there's, by all means, a, a few folks before us. So the, the story of the area is it's uh, in between Highland Park and... Dodger Stadium. Yeah. That's probably the easiest way to summarize it, right? So, I always tell people you're near Dodger Stadium. <clears throat> exactly right. Because yep. I take Stadium way off the five freeway to get there. So. Yep. Dead on. Yeah. So with that said, there's a there's a, a gap in people's mind as to what's there, right? So it's Dodger Stadium. Next thing you know, you're in way back when it was Dodger Stadium and then Pasadena. There was nothing in between. It didn't exist. And then uh, Highland Park became more hip about a dozen years ago or so. And now it's like, oh, cool, I know where Highland Park is and I don't know anything else. Or I, I know where yeah. the stadium's at and there's a gap. So in that time, in those years, uh, there were a number of commercial um, uh, entities in that valley because it's, you know, on the river, sort of industrial. And the two largest um, uh, businesses were aeronautic parts and bakeries. It was like the bakery hub of LA for a number of years. Oh, really? Yeah. As a matter of fact, a block away on our on the corner of Gilroy and Ripple is what's now called Modernica Studios, and they do filming. They do mid-century modern furniture rentals, a number of other things related to the movie industry. That facility that he purchased was the old West Coast Hostess. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, a bakery, yeah, a large-scale bakery, and. 
the story goes, uh, urban legend goes, that each bakery, I think there was maybe four or five in the nation or whatever, six or whatever, half dozen, and each bakery would do a number of the products, but each one had its specialty and would hold the original recipe. That way, if one of the other bakeries went down, they could still produce more, but they would lose only one of the secret recipes. Uh And I believe... This one was the Ho Ho's. <laughs> and we did a tour of the facility. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Did a tour of the facility, and there is literally a uh, five sided cage. Okay. It looks kind of like, like UFC, like the yeah, yeah, yeah. UFC. And that's where they kept the recipe. So you had to go in behind <laughs> a door, go into this like space, and it was a, uh, what, what looks like a dog kennel, yeah. but the top is also fenced. Yeah. So you couldn't get in, it was locked. And then somehow like the, the facility manager or the whoever area manager had the key for that, but that's where they kept it. So anyway, that's what that the entire space was, or, or entire neighborhood, Frogtown, it was a was a hub for commercial bakeries in LA. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, so, it's, uh, so when those bakeries started going out of business or moving or centralizing or whatever, the residences became more prominent right right, uh, right and then artists moved into some of those spaces too so there was lofts and that sort of thing so it's got a really cool like um i mean there's still one uh, uh, aeronautic company right behind us it still functions today uh, i believe his name is, is tom super nice guy and he does literally bolts for airplane instrument cl- clusters but wow. like a specialized bolt that's of some so, sort yeah, or whatever. That is yeah, that's super specialized. Yeah, and he's got the equipment to do that. So it's pretty fascinating how there's like, it's like the, this hodgepodge of like art meets like concrete river meets like, you know, uh, uh, residences, right? So it's kind of cool. Love it, love it. I love the story that you have to tell. Yes. Which if you guys have not heard an early episode of Inside the Desert Oasis Room, this was probably a good four or five years ago when you Mm -hmm. told this story. So you'd have to dig this one in the archive. We're going to save you all of that trouble by having (laughs) Gustavo tell this story again. I want our listeners to hear what used to be in the facility that Frogtown is in today. Absolutely. So uh, as I just stated, uh, it comes from a artistic and manufacturing uh, (laughs) history in the neighborhood. So the folks that occupied our space, what is now the brew house and the brewery, the folks that occupied that space uh, were, uh, are, they're still around. They actually moved because they grew and they were expanding. Oh, oh yeah. They okay. Moved, uh, they it's moved. not because they went out of business. Not at all. Business, business, business was, was booming. Good. Oh, oh, business was booming. That changes everything. It, it sure does. Yeah, I guess I didn't mention that to you last time. So they moved because <laughs> business is booming. This is great. Oh, that changes pers- my perspective now. Totally, yeah. So I think you're going to buy one now, with that said. Yeah, so yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll throw the punchline out first. So these folks moved out probably about a year before we, we got the space in 2015 because it took us a year to build out and and get the licensing and all that so they probably moved out in 2014 or so and they were a or they are again they they moved to city terrace i know the space because we we used to get some of their old mail which is kind of where this is going uh, and they are a sex doll manufacturing company oh so you you already gave it away so here's the thing that when you told us the last time you said this envelope came in and mm-hmm. you were like what is this yeah and you held it up to the light 
Yeah, so I held it up to the light because it was like a handwritten letter to a business, which you don't really see a lot of, right? It's usually like, yeah. you know, more like professional um, sort of uh, printed thing, you know, printed out. And I held it up to the light and I could tell it was a check. And it was a check made out to like $236.42. That might be the exact actual figure. <laughs> Super random. And it said to so-and-so manufacturing company from uh, Larry Johnson. And it was somewhere in the Midwest uh, was where this check was in, uh, originated from. And in the memo, it just said, Vajankle. <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> Take a moment to sort of ponder that, Vajankle. What does that mean to you? That should be one of your next essays. For, Take a moment for to our, Google it. For our, it. That's exactly, that's what, exactly we did. what they did. That's exactly what we did next. So you should do that, Alex, while I continue with the story. <laughs> so we all immediately pulled our phones out and Googled it, right? GTS, Google that shit, right? <laughs> oh, my God. So, exactly, right? <laughs> Oh my God, was our reaction. And that's why all the drains were clogged. Yep. So they are quite literally, they were making it in the entire warehouse, but from, from what we can tell from what was left behind with some like small pieces of equipment and, and that sort of thing, they were making the bulk of it literally in our brew house. So there's some definitely some spirits there in our beer. That's hilarious. Um, and yeah, it's a vajanko. And for those of you who are laying on your couch and don't want to get up to your phone that's charging. Um, it is a prosthetic ankle. That okay. It looks like a severed foot. A severed foot is the best way yeah. to describe it that you use for your sexual pleasure. Well, that a, has a, a vagina attached to it. With a vagina <laughs> ankle. On, on the ankle. End of the ankle. End yeah, of the severed like, yeah, ankle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... <laughs> It's like yeah. a. It's like a. By the way, for you, for you guys watching at home, Alex is doing gestures right now. Yeah. Describing it. <laughs> it's like a fleshlight with a foot. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm there mm-hmm. you go. It's like a footlight. Footlight. It's a footlight. So that's hilarious. It's a good thing I have this podcast marked explicit on on uh, all good. of our, our carriers right there. Put the kids right away. There. It's about There's, to get freaky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not a kid friendly show. So, with all of that said, brewery gets open. I remember all the hoops you were jumping through. Yes. In the beginning. Yes. That you needed this and you needed that. Yep. Inspection permit and failed inspection because they needed something else. So then you get that. And mm-hmm. I just remember how long that process was. Right. Because we were all excited for you to open this brewery. For sure. And it was just month after month after month after month and how frustrating that was. But now you guys are 100% open. And growth, it seems like year after year, with the exception of the pandemic, yep. right? Because you guys belt out some of the best beers in LA, in my opinion. Thank you. And I want to talk about our brewers. And Alex's over there. opinion too. <laughs> and Alex's opinion too. Yeah, my opinion as well. <laughs> so I want to talk about the the brewers there because this whole thing started with Adam and Mike. Yep. And they were brewing in their garage or something, right? Absolutely. So Adam and Mike are uh, my business partners, and they were clients first. Um, mm-hmm. My day job is real estate. So I met Mike many years ago, I think now probably eight and a half, nine years ago. And we became friends through through the business relationship. And he was like, hey, do you, you know, do you like beer? I'm like, sure. And then he's like, oh, well, we homebrew or I homebrew and uh, you want to come over? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. One of these days. It didn't sound appealing at all. 
someone making <laughs> a commercial product at in their house, right? So I pictured like a picture like an oar in a bathtub <laughs> after he had just showered or something. So I wasn't not that. I don't know if he knows that, by the way, but, but he'll know it now. Uh, right. I wasn't that interested, so I might have uh, blown him off a couple times for the first uh, invites, uh, and then it sounded like it was an all right thing to do. Went over, hung out with him, and he had. Um, oh, that's what it was. I skipped the brew, like the home brewing process. That didn't seem mm-hmm. to really interest me. And I went over for the tasting, which definitely interests me. So I went over and it was pretty good. And I, I don't know, I didn't know beer that well at the time. And it seemed like a fun thing to just go and, ha- you know, hang out and connect with someone. So we did that. And then after I liked it, he invited me over for a brew session and, well, he, that he was sort of doing on his own. So I, that was kind of fun. And I was literally just handing him stuff and trying to, um, you know, kind of be a part of it. But I didn't, I wasn't really trying to learn. And then he's like, well, you got, if you like the beer, you got to meet my buddy. He's the one who taught me. And they're, they're good friends from a, a prior job they held together in Chicago where they each grew up. And I met Adam. Uh, we hung out and had some beers. And then they had a, like a beer release party, which is really what's like started all this. And they, at that point had been brewing, Adam had been brewing for a number of years since he was in college. And Adam um, taught Mike and they had been brewing probably a couple years together I think at the time yeah. and they had a number of beers I want to say six or eight beers um, that they had perfected all of them good well they had perfected and I mean per- perfection is a weird, weird word for home brewing right but they had honed it in and they're like well, this is good enough where we want to have our friends and family over so they they threw this event and invited me over and then I realized that it was literally like their close friends family and like myself uh-huh. Uh, so I was super honored that they had done that and invited me over. And then it turns out like a couple of their close friends or friends of friends that went over own bars in LA and they had complimented them enough to say, Hey, this is like, you're, you're you know, I think you're on to something. You should try to do something with that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, someday sort of the goal would be to maybe open up a brewery, you know, years from now. And a couple months after that, or a, f- a few months after that, they said, Hey, we want to open up a homebrew supply shop. Um, we work Monday through Friday. We're done at five or six. We don't work weekends. So maybe we can open up after hours in the evening and maybe Saturdays and Sundays open up a little homebrew supply shop here on the east side, maybe Highland Park, maybe Silver Lake, you know, that sort of thing. Maybe, you know, Eagle Rock and sell products that we would want to buy. Cause right now they had to go to the, or at that moment in time, they had to go out to the west side to buy the, the homebrew mm-hmm. supply stuff. So that's really where it started. They called me and said, hey, from a real estate perspective, we want you to find us a, a commercial lease space that's small enough to house that. And that didn't work out because at the time, and the laws have changed since in LA City, they've made, made it more lenient for breweries, uh, is that if you were going to brew something that's considered manufacturing, and that was then industrial zoning, so there are no 700 square feet industrial buildings, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. They're all four, five thousand plus because you're, you know, equipment and space and forklifts and that sort of thing. So that died out real quick. Uh, And then a month or so later, they contact me again and said, we're in, we're going to do it. And I'm like, well, what are we going to do that? We can't find that kind of space. I can't find it for you. I wish I could, but I can't, you know, from a real estate perspective, like, no, we're going to go like, we're going to go for it. We're We're going to do a bigger bigger space. We're going to start with a homebrew supply shop and then we're going to open up a brewery. I'm like great. Apparently you got some sort of amazing funding in the last uh, month or so uh, to get that done. And they're like, yeah, it's, it's you. It's you. <laughs> uh, so I was like, whoa, what are you talking about? I'm, you know, my beer experience was beer and a shot at a bar or a, you know, a, a beer at a, you know, a, a Corona at a barbecue. And that was the extent yeah. of it. I didn't really know much about it or it was fine. Uh, I was more into cocktails 
which is um, kind of how Adrian and I met. And that was it. So I'm like, uh, sure, well, you know, get me a business plan and maybe, just didn't really sound right. And then I realized that, you know, born and raised in Hollywood, always, you know, good, good old uh, uh, American male blood. I want to own a bar, right? Like I always wanted to own a bar. I think that's all of our fantasies, right? Just own a bar. bar. I I almost went through that. I don't know if I told you this, but I got through the whole thing, wrote the business plan, worked with a commercial agent to find a space. We looked in every county and we tried to get a space in every county, but if the county says yes, the property owner says no or vice Mm -hmm. versa, right? Totally. We finally found a place. Signed a lease, had a liquor license, had an attorney, had uh, a broker. Like we had a broker for a couple of different things and um, we were ready to go. And 10 days after we signed the lease, everything shut down for COVID. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We put money down and everything. I mean, like it was, it was a mess getting out of that. We had to go to court. I'm sure. Yeah. That's challenging. Yeah. That's the the tough part. And back then it was complicated for us too Mm -hmm. because of the city requirements with, you know, um, you know, any business really, I mean, LA city is a great city to be in for a number of reasons, but businesses I, I'll say is not like the most conducive to that. And they, you know, they put those roadblocks up and, but yeah, I jumped in cause I figured at the time the reality was like, I was going to be, I, I was never going to own a bar. I mean, with the cost of living yeah. and the yeah. cost, I mean, you, you went through it and rents and all that. And I'm like, well, how much money can I invest that wouldn't hurt me terribly if I lost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the way I viewed it. Yeah. And I put that money in and then we kind of went from there and, you know, there's been more expenses since and all that, but it's all sort of worked out. Um, but it was, it's kind of a funny story. I, I you know, we, we found the right space in Frogtown and it was a good fit and we were, we're grateful to be there. And I handed them the keys and they had this look of like joy and like fear at the same at time the same time and i just yeah. looked at them doing like oh yeah oops like this is a big undertaking You're like for dude okay people. you guys got to make this shit happen now because we invested this much money to totally. have a space you there, there's probably a, a minimum <laughs> amount of years they gotta they gotta pay for this lease right or do they own the building you guys it's own a the lease building? no no lease. so it's a yeah. lease we now right? have two places and they're both leased yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. So you're committed, man. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we don't have ownership kind of money. Uh, <laughs> we we have we have lease kind of money. Um, but yeah, so I handed the keys off. I'm like, good luck, guys. And I looked at them like, holy smokes! Like this is really like this is a big, big undertaking yeah. that we all signed up for. And you know, we were all naive. And so then the next day, I sort of came back, or I maybe called them or texted them and said, hey, what are you guys gonna do? I'm like, oh, we're gonna start building out tonight. You know, for the for the brew house, we're gonna like redo the front room. All right. Well, I might stop by. Came over and like, you know. Gave you a hammer. Yeah, gave you handed a hammer to somebody or whatever. And then that was it. Then I just kept coming back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then part of it is, you know, you, you know protecting my investment. The other part it was um, just the care for the business and like a curiosity for the business and that, that whole thing. And it's been quite a wild ride. I mean, there's great times, bad times, all that stuff. All of that. All of that in, in, in one big ball of fun. So did but, you guys start? As a brewery, you they didn't end up doing the the we no we started off as a homebrew supply okay, shop. So you so, did start out. Yeah, now it's our shop. storage room and staff uh, break room. But got that was it. the only thing that that worked, and it helped pay some of the bills while we got through things. Yeah, and I remember those early days, man. I remember going in there, and then you would proudly say to me, "Oh, we built all this over here, and we did this, and we did that, and and." It was kind of a cool thing. It was a grassroots kind of growth, you know, yeah. like DIY. And, and a lot sure. of that stuff 
I didn't know until last weekend. You just found at the end of the street. Yep. Like yep. scrap wood and like, totally. Yeah. There's a yeah. <laughs> we we have we have a saying, and I forget if it's Adam or Mike um, um, came up with it or, or, or say it. Uh, it's called feathered in. And it's, I'm sure it's, I think it might be even be like a carpenter's term or something. But when you make something or put something together, oftentimes it's not going to be perfect. So you like feather it. You like kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, finesse yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Well, we have a, we have a beer now. It's called Feathered In. I was going to say you have a beer called Feathered In. It's our session IPA. So that one wasn't very good and you guys had to kind of. It was a, it was a screw up (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Really? It was a screw up that was supposed to be, and Adam knows the details as our, as our, um, as our brewer. Um, but it was supposed to be a higher ABV IPA and it wasn't. And it was like, oh, this is not where it's supposed to be. And it came in like at 4.1 or maybe 4.5 or something. It's like, oh, this is off. We're going to have to toss this. And it's like, oh, well, wait a minute. It's actually pretty good tasting. It's <laughs> but like, someone's actually, like, yeah. dude, just feather it in. Just feather it in. Like, yeah. And then and then he did whatever he needed to do from a brewing perspective. And it was one of, it still is one of, or was, we don't, we don't carry it as often anymore, but it was one of our top selling beers. I love that. It's a great beer. It's like a mild IPA and it's a session IPA. So you can drink four or five of them and still be cool. You know, some IPAs are obviously that. over the top, but, but yeah. So, so I've always told you guys, I'm not an IPA guy. IPAs are always too bitter to me. Until I started drinking Frogtown's IPAs, I love all your IPAs. I've never had a beer there that I didn't like. Thank you. And which is kind of unusual for your menu, especially in the early days, was very IPA heavy. Adam had explained to me how you guys tempered the bitterness and how you balanced it more more out. And I thought, oh, well, that's why I like your IPAs. It's funny because this whole collab that we're doing, we're doing with our friends at the Dawn of Tiki. So Alex, the way that Alex and I met is he reaches out to me because he wants to interview me for his project, his film project. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't heard this. This is interesting. Yeah. And uh, so, sure, yeah, I've come on out. He comes to the Desert Oasis room. We do this whole thing about the Filipino bartenders, right? Uh, they, yeah. they started at Don the Beachcomber. Super important. And, yeah, yeah we got the Tiki Tea now. And, and if you look at the history, right? Even, we argued about some of them. We like, argued like, about no, some of them. I don't think you're right. Well, and you're like, I funny, think I'm was, right. And then we had to, like, pull out books right, and stuff to right, proof. Right. <laughs> Well, I think I think that we were both subconsciously intimidated by not being accurate with our information, and we both yeah. studied the night before, <laughs> and that's why we were arguing. It was like, no, Google <laughs> says, right, yeah. right, right, and and we well, became Jeff Barry says here, <laughs> right. We became fast friends yeah. during this project, and and Alex has been kind enough to bring me on board to help them with this whole film project. So thank you for letting me be a part of this, Alex. One day I was on my daily walk. I walk every day just to try to keep the blood flowing. I don't remember who called who, if you called me or if I called you, but that morning Alex asked me, Hey, so what's going on today? Are you doing anything? And I said, I'm going to Frogtown today to hang out with a couple buddies. I said, you're welcome to come join me if you want. And he said, yeah, I'll come join you. And he came down with his wife and, and he met Greg and mm. Ricky and all the oh, other assholes right. I hang out with. Yeah, right. I do remember these assholes. <laughs> right. yeah. Lovable assholes. And, yahoos. <laughs> and, uh, and I think I introduced you to Gustavo that day. Yeah. You're right. You gave right. me a tour. Yeah. 
Um, I w- you gave me a tour though. Like at the end of the night, I was very drunk. I think you were like, and here, and I was like, whoa, these machines are big. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, where's the rest of the beer? <laughs> yeah, and I told Alex, I said, hey, man, this is like my favorite brewery in L.A. This is this is the spot. They have the best beers, and the people here are great. Not just the people that work there, but there's a community yeah. in, in that brewery. Yeah, and it's some good, good group of regulars. Yeah, and, and we kind of bonded that night because I think like, you really enjoyed not yeah. only the beers, but just the whole the camaraderie and the yeah. whole atmosphere it's and stuff. It's almost like a brewery version of Tiki Tea. It almost is, you know, right? It's like a regular there there are regulars you see there every time you go. Yep. You feel comfortable. You, know, you yeah. feel like you belong. They yeah. they're really good at making you feel like you belong. Right. Yeah. Rick's one of our regulars, right? Yeah. Rick. Ricky, Ricky yeah. from uh from Gearheads. Yeah, from the Gearheads as well. From, so I know it's like funny how all the worlds sort of come together, right? Um I know Ricky from the car club scene, mm-hmm. which is, I'm in a car club and, and I, I met him at a couple shows and it was kind of, he's not the warmest guy in the world, right? <laughs> uh, he is now. But he is. He is he now. Is. Oh, he is now. I mean, two painkillers in, he's hugging me like yeah, no yeah. one's business, yeah. right? But he's, him and I get along great now. But but back then, because I think I've known him, I don't know, 10 years maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was always like high and by. It, we definitely got along with cars. It was mm-hmm. always like car talk, uh, you name it. And then that's kind of where it ended. That was sort of it. Maybe we'd share a beer at a car show kind of thing. Like if he was at, at our camp and we had a couple of cooler open of beers, he'd had one. Or if I was at his camp, I'd have to get one. But that's just kind of how it, how it was. And then I saw him at Tiki T and they kind of gave me like that look like, mm, all right, all right. Like, you know, maybe, maybe you're cool. <laughs> and somehow I convinced him one day when we got drunk at Tiki T to come over and check out the beer. And he kind of nodded like, yeah, yeah all right. And he came over and he had, and we had just released, I want to say the painkiller, yeah. um, our, our first Tiki um, beer and he fell in love with it. And now he, you know, and I take this with, with all the honor it's, it, it, it has, we are one of his top two bars in, in all of Los Angeles. And it's there you go. Yeah. Tiki Tea and us. And there you go. And then he, I don't, he really doesn't go to other bars unless he's traveling. Right. Uh, and that's it. And so it's like, high, no, those high are the regard. two bars. I'd say that's probably the same for Adrian and myself. Yeah, too. Yeah. Like, for a lot of people. That's awesome. That's awesome. For a lot of people. For the Vatos. Yeah. yeah. The Vatos are the Vatos Utiki. Yeah. It's, it's Tiki Tea or Frogtown. Sure. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And what I'm getting at is that when we talked about doing this collab, so initially it was a collab that was with the Desert Oasis room in Frogtown. And I thought, oh, you know, I think that it would be cool to bring in the Don Tiki guys. They're working on this project. And I think oh, it'd you be kind of... the Gustavo wanted to bring us in. <laughs> Did I? Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. Did yeah, I really? Yeah. You're like, so Gustavo was like, do you think that the Don Tiki guys would want to be involved? I don't remember saying It that. was actually Alex and I had... C- Agreed, and then he was like, "What about Adrian?" You just started showing up. Yeah, just started showing up. Adrian's my driver. Is it okay if he comes in? Like, sure, he can come inside. Well, whatever the truth is, <laughs> when we decided to all partner up together, there was no other brewery that we were going to do this with. We just, we just thought like it's got to be Frogtown, right? We got to do this with Frogtown. Love it, yeah. and. It became this process now of of like okay, so we're gonna be we're gonna be doing this. Let's figure out what we're gonna do. And we started by visiting Don's Delectable Thirty. 
Yeah. And narrowing it down to mm-hmm. what from this 30 is going to make sense as a beer. And we narrowed it down to what, like five or six? Yes. Went to the Desert shout Oasis. Out, shout room. out to Chris. Shout out to our friend Chris Summers. Chris, yeah. Chris Cornell, sorry. That's what Chris Cornell. <laughs> he was playing He was playing uh, the background music while we were yeah. drinking. Yeah. <laughs> and we were able to narrow down, I think, the five or six. Our friend Chris Summers, who was really great. Follow him at Mai Tai Till I Die. He mixed up these drinks for us so that we could make some decisions. Is, is this going to be beer-friendly this, is this going to translate into something that people will enjoy? Do you remember what the first five or six were? Um, the QB Cooler. Three Dots. Three Dots and a Dash. Zombie. Navy Grog? Uh, I don't think we no? did Navy Grog. Um, I think Navy Grog... It, well, I mean, I, I think it, it was. it's such a dry cocktail. It was like, well, how do you make this beer without just making it taste like yeah. rum? Um, and then, of course, the, and the Beachcombers Gold. Beachcombers Gold. And, like, I feel bad saying this because this sounds so lame, but originally when we were talking about this at Frogtown, the three of us, I was like, it'd be really cool to do the Beachcombers Gold and we could do, like, a gold, a golden ale only because of the name. Right. But then I didn't want to push it because that's a really stupid reason to choose a cocktail to do the beer after. Right, right. Um, but it was on our list. And I think... Um, what are you drinking cor- over there, Gustavo? <sighs> <laughs> I just randomly picked up a... Uh, oh, look, it's Frogtown out, Beer. Frog lights Town Out Brewery. Czech Pilsner from Frogtown Brewery. I'm sorry, I rudely interrupted you, Alex. Um, Actually, I was a rude one, I'm sorry. Well, I, I think we... Uh, I think that what happened... Alex, Gustavo, correct me if I'm wrong, because I think what happened wrong. is Chris actually overport. He he <laughs> he messed up a recipe, which is odd for Chris because Chris is Chris is pretty a, he's good. A, he's a pretty epic bartender. Yeah, um, let's not say me- messed up. He riffed. He riffed. Okay, he riffed. He feathered it in. He feathered it in. <laughs> he feathered on it the uh, on the beachcombers gold, um, and I think he was a little bit heavy. On he's lost the, weight since then. Yeah, yeah. yeah on the <laughs> on the Pernod or the absinthe, yeah. whatever he was using. The in anise, it, the anise flavor, and um, I don't think that made me think it would be a good beer. I don't think it made you think it would be a good beer, but I think it made Gustavo think this would be like a really fun challenge. Yes, yes and, I remember the word challenge. <laughs> yeah. So we went from I think five to two. Yes. And that's when Gustavo was saying... It was between the Beachcombers Gold and the QB Cooler. And both of those, we thought, historically had a lot to do with Dawn. And yeah. they both are kind of featured in the documentary. And we thought those would both be really good drinks to do it on. Because if it's about sort of the history of Dawn, that would be cool. Then, so But then we had a second session, right? The second session was when we narrowed it down to the two. And we had the brewers with us. We had the brewing team with us. Which became an interesting day because by the end of the night, I still don't remember leaving. I think, I think, I think I'm still there. <laughs> and that's what I'm getting at. I think everybody was inebriated enough that, boy, did I'm glad we made a decision while we were not inebriated, yeah. right? And that's when we decided that it was going to be the Beachcombers Gold because of the challenge. Because right? of the challenge, yeah. Because Gustavo, of the challenge. Gustavo kind of told us, you know, 
And I but, already know what the Brewers are going to want to do because this is going to be kind of hard, but it's also going to be really fun. Sure. And if we pull it off, it's going to be it's going to be really yeah, fun and yeah. really cool. And I think you, me, and Max were all a little bit unsure about it. We're like, I anise definitely is a, was it's, unsure. Anise of it. is a strong flavor, yep. which most people really don't like. Most people don't like. On you ask people own. if they like black licorice, nope. they say no. Yep. Yep. And that's kind of the same. I, I was flavor. definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no one's done it before in a beer, from what I understand. I'm sure with all the microbrews, some crazy someone must have, but, it, but nothing. Nobody's like, done it this well. An, there you go. Well said, <laughs> or a noticeable scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, next step. So after we decide what we're going to do, we schedule a brew day. Oh yeah. Oh my god. How many 50-pound bags of green were there? There were 13. 13. 13. So thanks, guys. I think I only had to pick up like three of them. You did. I was just going to say, <laughs> I did 10 and you did three. That's about right. No, you didn't do 10. I did. No, because Gustavo did a couple. Okay. Adam did a couple. I did nine. You did three. Gustavo did. Adam the did not do The math does one. not add up. Adam, sh- Adam mimed. Did not. He mimed how to do it. This is true. He and didn't even said, do the Alex, first one? do this. No. What about the stuff that he weighed? He weighed something. That's there was a bag, use, a partial bag. A half bag. Partial yeah. bag. He weighed it. He, yeah. So he, okay, so he lifted it like a couple inches off the ground and put it on, on scale. the scale. And Adam was doing much more important stuff than lifting bags. It's not like he wasn't Well, you know what? Anything, Look, to be fair, to be fair... You looked like you got it. I mean, and I had to fix the camera and make sure that everything. I mean, the was... shoulders on Alex. <laughs> yeah, <just saying>. right. <laughs> right, because that's all that's all delts right there. Yeah, right. When you pick that thing up, that was man. a good workout. My fun. Apple Watch did not say, "Hey, I helped you on the last two <laughs> only, inches." Only a couple <laughs> minutes left. I helped you on the last two inches there. Right? <laughs> yeah, you did. so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> but man, I'll tell you that day because of that mash filter and the way that 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 tank works shoveling that thing out there mm-hmm. right it's jonathan did a barrel yep. i did a barrel <laughs> alex did a barrel and what's happening I here is a full barrel i i did what was left for our for our listeners that don't know so there's a filtration system at the bottom of uh is that the mash ton yes and when the water is boiled and the grain is added, it, it drains through this filter at the bottom, the way that like an undergravel filter in an aquarium works, kind of. Yep. And the spent grain has to be essentially shoveled out of the tank. Yep. And you have to do it around the, what's the mixing device? The arms. They're just yeah. the, the arms inside. Yeah. And man, we had to shovel those into barrels. And <laughs> the way that the shovel works, you're kind of pulling on it as though you're rowing a boat, right? Yeah. You explaining you how a shovel there. works. Well, well it's, it's not, not a real shovel. shovel. It's yeah, not yeah, really a shovel. Not. It's like a it's like a, a blunt whatever you call that you thing, know, yeah. right? Yeah. And so what I'm getting at is first the grain with the delts, right? Lifting the yeah. lifting the bags up to something that was like a counter that was about chest high. Mm-hmm, yeah. So first you're working the delts good and then when you're going up and down the steps, right? You're working a stair stepper and then when you <laughs> then when you got to clear clear That's out the mash going. ton, yeah. now you're doing lats. Nice. So we we had a full body workout we that did. day. We did and you would think that we'd be ripped at the end of it. No, but Gustavo but, is like, "Hey, you guys want a beer?" Every five minutes. Well, that's the thing. So here, here's the secret I got about you guys ripped. Like, yeah. well, that's what you wanted. <laughs> here's, here's the secret about brewing beer. 
No one drinks water in the brewery. <laughs> <laughs> I ordered a burrito and Gustavo's like, oh, don't buy a soda, dude. We got beer inside. I'm like, oh, yeah. Why would I buy a soda? We got beer inside. Oh, so, so like all day long, we're drinking beer. Yeah. And so that's how we're quenching our thirst. That's how we're, we, we're replenishing our sweat. That's how, that's how <laughs> that's we how are. Do it. That's how we're cooling down, right? We're, it's just all Very beer. religious yeah. experience. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, dude, I was knocked out at the end of the day. I think the... The biggest thing about this is that, like, this is, you know, obviously Frogtown, you guys are the experts at making beer, but this was a true collaboration in that we actually, oh, absolutely, we actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. you absolutely. know, and hands off our, to you guys yeah. for making that effort. I mean, it could we, have been, it could have been like, cool, like, uh, let us know when the party is and, and can we get a, we, we table. 100%. Help yeah, make we, this we beer. Put, yeah, we, 100%. we worked on it. We helped choose the hops. We, um, we you know, we, we helped the balance the flavor. flavor. I got to press some buttons on the <laughs> got to press buttons yeah. on the touch screen. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but you even double checked it. I'm like, are you sure we need to add this into the beer? What if I mess this up? Right, yeah. Yeah. that happened a couple times. I mean, all in all, too, when we were deciding how this beer was going to taste, all of us sat around that table and we helped balance that. Right, oh, for sure. deciding how much anise we wanted in there, how much lime we wanted in there all of that right? yeah you mentioned it earlier so we've we've done um this is uh our, our fifth in the tiki series or so so we've done um done beers with the vatos with tiki uh scotty shooter uh dirty dick paris uh jeff beachman i don't know if you guys have heard of him he runs this little who, bar who is that guy we don't have enough time really. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, he's, he's a, he's a good guy and a, and a, and a great friend. And he's an old friend of ours. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're, yeah. And he, we're buddies with Jeff. yeah, we, we collaborate with him. Killer. That was our own sort of thing. Okay. So that, that was, wasn't a collab. That was just part we, of the Tiki Yeah. Line. It's part of a Tiki line. And, and we were, um, I mean, I don't want to speak for, for, for our, our, our peeps at the brewery, but, uh, too scared to try to collab with anyone. It was sure. like, let's make a beer to see if we can even. Oh, so was get that the first one? That was yeah, painkiller was the first one. Absolutely, yeah, painkiller okay. was the first one, and then um, you know I, I would walk into Tiki Tea and we'd you know we usually give hugs or high fives or a combination thereof, and then you kind of catch up on you know everyone's week. How you been? How's this? How's the wife and kids? That sort of thing, and then everyone sort of kind of gets into their own thing about mm-hmm. uh, Adrian starting a podcast years ago or. We or, started the same month. I started in October of 2016. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So we were talking about our, our, you know, everyone's got to pay the bills. And then we talk about our, our like passions or our side mm-hmm. projects or whatever. And this brewery thing was just that. And then, um, then it was kind of like, you know, sheepishly like, oh, we're, we're going to make a painkiller beer. And then someone <laughs> was like, what? That yeah. sounds amazing. I'm like, oh, yeah. wait a minute. Like, let's not get carried away. But as soon as it's ready, I'd like, you know, I'd like to bring some over or, or come over and have some. And. That's really what's like sort of blown the doors off of this with the, the collabs is that painkiller. And um, I, I took one on a, on a plane. Uh, I took a, a four pack on a plane to London, in, an invite from a friend, shout out to Alex, um, to go to UK Rum Fest. <laughs> He's right here. Uh, I should just said it. Um, so uh, <laughs> UK Rum Fest. And then one thing led to another. Uh, met Jeff Barry out there. I think I'd met him once before, but more of like a like fanboy scenario um he didn't press charges thankfully but either way so i met him at, <laughs> at uh at uk rum fest and 
Uh, I didn't want to do it, but my friend um, handed him a painkiller and said, oh, this is great. You got to try this. And he kind of tasted it. And there was like a drum roll in my head. And that would seem like an eternity. And he's like, oh, this is amazing. Like if, if it's great, you know, I, I like it, but you know, you, you, you always wonder how you perceive your own, right? Mm-hmm. You guys each have your sure. own art and craft. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Donatiki, right. that's a, a, a You big do wonder because you're going to be biased about For it. For sure. Yeah, you can be your own worst critic, but sometimes you're like, well, I also kind of like it, but am I just being like, yeah. you know, you don't know, right? Yeah. Am I just tired of fixing it? <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's just, just good enough. Yeah. Uh, and he was super uh, um, complimentary of it and appreciative of it. And, and, you know, there's nothing better for a commercial venture than somebody to say, I would love to carry your XYZ, right? Sure, sure. I'd love to show your movie. I'd love to host your podcast or sponsor it or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And that's mm-hmm. like, wow, that really resonates. So he said, oh, I'd love to carry this at, at Latitude. Um, let's shit, find a way awesome. to, 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 to get it there. We, we've, we've yet to find a way to, to, yeah. uh, to uh, economically um, right, get it there. Right. But just that alone was, is, spoke volumes. So that, that reinvigorated us along with having you know, the regulars from the Tiki scene and Tiki tea and, and really appreciate it. Uh, and I think we want to, we, we've, we've given something back to totally. Tiki and to the cocktail scene and to the bar scene because people who don't know anything about Tiki or cocktails or anything taste it and say, well, what, what does that mean? Painkiller? And you explain it and sort of brings those folks back into that. It's put you guys too on the map for the Tiki culture or the Tiki community out here in LA because I would argue that there's no other brewery in L.A. that tiki people associate any kind of time or camaraderie or community with sure. other than Frogtown. It's the only brewery where the tiki people will go to. Right? I think so. I think that's a fair statement. Uh, uh, short of like a couple folks that are really, really diehards into XYZ or this, which is totally understandable if they want like a specific beer or a stout, but like from a community standpoint and they are discerning as, as many people are in sure. culinary or whatever. Um, so it's a big compliment. It's a huge compliment to have folks like, um, you know, we talked about Ricky or any of the other folks, like, you know, mm-hmm. some of the, you know, Greg is a bartender of a TT. He comes in regularly and we'll bring a group in with Greg. Uh, we've got the Vatos who go there all the time, yep. different car clubs, people that hang out in the Tiki scene and are also part of the, the car club community, the rockabilly people. Sure. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's kind of like the hub from a brewery perspective for all of the same subcultures that cross into the Tiki genre. Yep. And that's what makes Frogtown different than everybody else. It was a natural fit for us, right? We're going to be doing this event. So we've got this beer that we just made a couple of days ago. Blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> yeah, blood, sweat, and tears. Not literally in the beer. Not literally in the beer. Just off to the side. But in the tank now, right? In the, yeah. In the tanks now. Uh, we're going to be canning that soon. But there's also like the the painkiller will be there, right? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have a full tiki day. Full tiki, tiki day. Tiki day at the park. And yeah. by park, I mean Frogtown Brewery. And it is scheduled for Sunday, April 3rd. April 3rd. Uh, we're open. Our regular hours are op- uh, opening from noon to 10. The mm-hmm. Tiki event itself really can run all day, but specifically for the uh, entertainment and festivities is from 2 to 8. 2 to 8 o'clock. And uh, Alex, can you give us a little hint as to what um, gems you'll be providing? Yeah, well, we're going to have a new preview for the Dawn of Tiki with footage that we haven't shown before. 
All new footage. All new footage. Extended um, preview. Yeah, that was uh, longer than any preview you've seen so far. That was a sticking so point with my with my co-director Max. He said nothing that's been seen before, and that made it really hard. Sure. All new footage. But the it's, movie is done. Yeah, so it's it's the movie's going to be, be about two hours, and yeah. this trailer is going to be about a ninety-seven minutes. So yeah. <laughs> please show so up. So it, it. it's no, it is a short, <laughs> short than preview minutes, of but. of the movie, but um. It'll be cool. It kind of shows what we've been working on and what we're continuing to work on throughout this year. And we're going to have what we're going to have live music, DJs, vendors. Let's talk about that. We're going to have vendors, tiki vendors. We're going to have some food trucks there. We're going to have raffles, DJs. Uh, DJ Alnova, I know, is going to be one of the guys there. Absolutely. And, and we live just music. we just signed the Volcanics, which if you guys have seen the Volcanics live, you know that they bring the party. These guys oh, yeah. are so much fun. People just love to dance along to their music, but they really bring a festive atmosphere. So this event is going to be fun. It's already a big day on Sundays at Frogtown Brewery, but we're going to blow the doors off this time. And with the preview and with the vendors and the music and everything, you guys are not going to want to miss this. And you're going to get to try the beer. Absolutely. Yeah. So a beer with, I'm going to say it again. I'm gonna, we're going to own it. <laughs> <laughs> the first time that we probably have ever seen a niece in a beer. First time I've seen a niece in a beer. First yeah. time I've seen a niece in but a beer. It's not overpowering or scary. Well, it's look, just in it was a challenge for us, right? Yeah. And we said yeah. we want to take on the challenge. And here we go. You guys can tell us what you think. Totally. Yeah. So come to the event and try this thing out. And how far away is the event from Whittier? Where the mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great point. You so heard it here first. If you guys are going to be in town for the Oceanic Arts Farewell event, let me start by saying Frogtown Brewery is, a, is an official sponsor of that. Official sponsor. Official sponsor of that on April 2nd, Saturday, you guys are going to go to that thing, right? And if you are in town for that, stop by our event the next day, and we are going to be having something that is kind of going to be done, and I don't know how much I can say. Can I say anything about that yet? Uh, let's Gustavo. see, what can we say? My attorney's here, by the way, so I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at him, and I'm trying to understand what his, his stares mean. So if I'm reading him correctly... Uh, he is saying that we're allowed to say that um, we are an official sponsor of the Oceanic Arts uh, Farewell Tour. Um, we are sponsoring the VIP event. Um, just that's the week of uh, mm-hmm. to, to sort mm-hmm. of uh, kick off the the uh, festivities for the month. We are um, sponsoring, and you'll be able to taste our our delicious uh, beers at the April second event. Mm-hmm. Um, Adrian will be there. Alex will be smuggled in in a duffel bag. Uh, <laughs> so you'll see him there for sure. Just just don't make eye contact. And then we will have potentially some artifacts from them uh, on on loan at the event. We're still kind of ironing the net out um, as the attorney gives me um, a dirty look, but that's fine. We can say it. It's, it's said. I can't take it back now. There it is. Uh, and we've uh, uh, specifically requested the VIP attendance, if it's possible, we don't know if uh, we won't know until the day of, but we've requested the attendance of Bob and Leroy. Bob and Leroy, right. exactly right. right. So um, hopefully they will, they're able to make it. Understandably, they may not with all the um, activities going on and, and being pulled in different directions, but they're, they're aware of it and have been officially invited and they have a place there 
um, if they if they can join us. Um, but either way, it's going to be a great event. We will have back to the original question by Alex. We're going to have um, our painkiller. We will have uh, this, which is obviously the the original tiki beer, and we'll have Spindrift, the collab with Jeff Beachcomberry. Jeff Berry. We're going to have ours, um, uh, Beachcombers Gold, and then we're trying to get another one sort of brewed in time. We're going to cut it close, but ideally we want to have a fourth tiki beer. Love it. Yeah, and then uh, we'll have another 10 or a dozen of our of our great beers that are non-tiki, which is also good too, right? Yeah, you guys are going to love. You guys are going to love. And one more thing that we didn't mention, shout out to Doug Horn, who designed the label for our new beer. Yeah, you bring up a great point. So I was going to say it earlier. Um, so the, the, the gentleman here being um, very, what's the word I'd like to use? Coy. Uh, they've. This isn't just a hey. Do you guys want to do something great? Uh, give us a couple ideas and we'll run with it. We've done recipe design. We've done uh, label design. We've done uh, event design. We've done uh, all the things. Uh, and uh, and and they are uh, like a hundred percent partners in this in this beer and 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 have um, have had say and, and input in all the aspects of it, which is really what, what this is about and having it be meaningful. Uh, and then Doug Horn was uh, was instrumental in, in getting the, the ideas all put together on a label and Adrian was able to, to piece that together. I, I um, emailed, called, and wrote Doug for years. He hasn't responded yet. But Adrian, <laughs> Adrian text text him once and he was on, which is great. You know, we all have That's our strengths. Um, but Doug, Doug's and a he was guy. a trooper. We just kept throwing in Easter eggs. Like, oh, can you just have this? Oh, right. How about that? Thing How about this? Here? And he's yeah, like, yeah. fine. Oh, totally. Like, okay. No, he, he, he's right. amazing. And, and I, I look forward to like, like sitting with him and having a beer that yeah. day. Um, but with all that said, like everyone's come together. Um, to put this, you know, um, put this beer in, in, in it. In, I love in, it. Yeah. In, and thank you for pointing that out. Lungs, yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. For our listeners, we're not just putting our names on here. Desert Oasis Room and the Dawn of Tiki are not just putting our names on the label. We helped with all of our input came into the the label design. All of our input came into the creation of the beer as well as our efforts Absolutely. and all of our input is going into creating this special event for releasing this beer True. and the previews and and the entertainment and all of that so this is truly a collaborative effort that we are all very proud of that we are excited to share with you yeah absolutely if you guys uh, are there on uh, sunday april 3rd and you see adrian and alex crying just just give them a moment <laughs> just give them a moment it's tears of joy there's a lot of emotions are going to well up I love you, man. Uh, yeah, a lot of hugs. You know, just give him, give him a moment. Give him some time. All right. So if you guys want more information, you can follow us at the Dawn of Tiki with two N's, yep. at Frogtown Brewery, or at Polynesian Pop. Follow Polynesian Pop. Desert Oasis Room is just where I sell my mugs and stuff. So all the main stuff's going to be posted at Polynesian Pop. You can follow all three of us. It'd be awesome if you followed all three of us because we love you. And we want you on our page. <laughs> yeah, and I think Frogtown Brewery, are you guys are going to set up like an event page on Facebook, I believe. We're going to set up, uh, if we haven't done so already, uh, set up an event uh, page on Facebook and follow all the socials. And for those of you who are listening who also are following the details through the Peekaboo Gallery folks that are setting up the Oceanic Events um, events. 
Oceanic Arts, Arts. events. Sorry. Um, then you will have that. You'll see them uh, mention us as well and mention the event because we're one of the sponsoring events as part of their their Tiki Weekend. So there awesome. you go. Look out for there it. You go. All right, party people. Uh, looking forward to seeing you there. April third. The brewery Sunday, opens at twelve. Sunday, Sunday. Come down at twelve if you want to come down early. I guarantee it's going to fill up. So come early. And preview won't play till dark. Yeah, we'll play the preview later. But come down and enjoy the music that the DJs, the bands, beer, the vendors, beer, food, the vendors, beer, the food, yeah. all of that stuff. Adrian's going to give free hugs for the first fifty <laughs> customers. Going to have a great time. And uh, come stop and say hello to us. Uh, we're going to have booths there as well. So come say hello, and and we will see you there. Yeah. All right. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Anything Enjoy. else? Anything else? All right, party people. Beers up. We'll see you Sunday, April 3rd. Ciao. Cheers and aloha. Cheers. I love you guys. Thank you.